Hey, Playmakers, real quick before we get into today's episode, if you're one of those listeners that just cannot wait for that next episode to drop, and if you're over on YouTube and my website binging my content there, I just wanted to say thank you. It means the world to me. But just remember, the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on-demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre-launch checklist, your 34-page business plan template, your plug-and-play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your entire opening process. For a limited time right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, legal and operations templates, and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 220 other owners, plus so much more. Head to the show notes and choose your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. You'll get more information on the current bonuses. You'll see some success stories of those who have gone before you and exactly what to expect when you join us inside the program. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, happy Monday. So this is one of those episodes that I have had on my to-do list for a while now, but it feels especially urgent right now as many of us gear up for winter, which is oftentimes a very busy party and play season. And even if you're maybe in the South of the US or elsewhere in the world, or if you face an opposite business cycle and winter is actually your slow season, still listen in because this is one of those tips that you need all year round but especially when you're in the midst of your busy season and preferably well before your busy season happens. I mean, before the bookings even start rolling in for your busy season. And this topic has been on my list for so long, in fact, that I literally needed to dig through all of my episode archives and my YouTube channel because, I don't know, I must have thought about it so often or maybe it's because we talk about this so much in Playmaker Society and on so many group coaching calls that I must have just assumed or convinced myself that I had already published an episode or done a video on this topic, and I was shocked when I couldn't find anything. So here you go. Here it is on this beautiful Monday morning from New York. Now, this isn't the sexiest or the most fun topic, but It's one that is so critically important in helping you enforce your boundaries and protect your business, your assets, your staff, your other customers, and your own mental health and energy. 
all things that will aid in ensuring that your business remains sustainable long-term. Today, and the episode title may have given this away, I always forget that when I'm recording this, but today we're talking about contracts. Now, it's come to my attention recently that for whatever reason, party or membership contracts or agreements are something some owners skip over or skimp on, especially if these things aren't their main revenue streams. Like, for example, if they focus on cafe sales or open play. And as someone who is a huge rule follower and who scours my own kids' parties' contracts to ensure that I'm checking everything off my list and not encroaching on any boundaries set by whatever venue we're hosting at, this was honestly shocking to me. And I found that even those owners who are having customers sign contracts, they might not be using this opportunity to its full advantage. And Like I said, they might be skimping on their contract process. And this may sound like I'm trying to pull one over on our customers, or I'm suggesting that you do that, maybe by getting them to agree to some gotcha clause or hidden fee or doing something shady with the contract. But honestly, the opposite is actually true. Having a contract in place allows us to set clear expectations well before our guests walk through the door, as well as be extremely upfront about any boundaries, rules, procedures, anything like that, that we will be enforcing on the day of their their event. And I know I mentioned just a minute ago that contracts can be used in multiple places in your business, like membership agreements, party contracts, et cetera. But today, just for, you know, brevity's sake and to make sure this episode is as clear as possible, I'm going to talk specifically about party contracts, but just know a lot of these tips and strategies are widely applicable in those other areas of your business as well, especially if you do party rentals or mobile events or anything like that. Doing all of this in advance and not just hoping a party host will take the time to read through all of your rules and terms prior to their event actually elevates your level of customer service and will leave your guests feeling much more satisfied after their event. So we're not doing anything sneaky here. We actually want to be as upfront and as clear as possible about exactly what they can expect. So there are no surprises for anyone on the day of the party. This will also give you ample time to catch any issues or potential issues well in advance. So you can either prevent the issue from ever happening in the first place, or at the very least, You can protect your day of staff who will already be busting their butts to deliver a five-star guest experience. Before we started using an expanded version of our contract, I will never forget that my phone used to buzz constantly all weekend long. And it was usually our party assistants checking in saying things like, hey, they brought a banner that we had to spend 20 of their 30 minutes to assemble, but you know it's fine, whatever. Or maybe they would say, oh, they brought in tape to use on the walls, but don't worry, we're being really careful. Or you know, so-and-so party client doesn't understand this line item on the receipt. Can you give them a call or can you stop by? Or you know, how can I deescalate the situation and explain it better? Or you know, maybe they'd say, Hey, you know, this client asked if we can reopen the play area after cake is served or, you know, oh, they asked if we could start cake early or rearrange the party structure so they can play again at the end of the party. 
And me, you know, way back in my baby business owner days, wanting to bend over backwards for every single party guest that trusted us with this really important milestone event, I usually just rolled my eyes safely from behind my screen, never in front of a guest. And I usually just, you know, let it go and said, oh, they can handle it. You know, it's fine. They said it's not a big deal. But this led to some serious burnout and frustration from my team, especially over time. And this started spilling over and affecting our other customers. And I definitely saw it starting to affect myself and my own energy. My team, I I really had to learn that they specifically wanted and needed clear boundaries and rules to enforce to take the subjectivity out of their job. Because I'm sure you've probably all been in a workplace or in a job that allowed a little bit too much discretion or didn't have enough rules and boundaries in place. And a customer, you know, if you worked in retail like me, probably said, you know, well, so-and-so let me do this. Or, well, you know, I called and -and so-and-so said I could do this. And this can be so frustrating to the other people on the team. And it can completely discredit or invalidate whatever they're saying at that time to the guest. And this can make it really difficult for them to deliver that five-star experience that I expected as a business owner. My team didn't want to be in charge of telling the clients these rules and policies for the first time or, you know, seeing that deer in headlights look when they said, oh, this is the structure of every single party we do. This is the timeline. This is when this happens. This is when this happens. Because if you have that kind of environment for your team, they just never know what's going to walk through the door at the start of every party. And that can be just, you know, really uncomfortable for them. And it can cause a lot of discord amongst your team members. They could be wondering, you know, hey, are these guests going to rudely arrive 20 minutes while I'm eating my lunch or on break and bang on the door or stare at us until we come over and open them? And that's going to start everything off on the wrong foot for both people involved. Or are these clients going to bring a balloon garland that they got from Amazon and expect us to assemble it during their 30-minute setup time, something that would usually take hours to do in advance? Did they tell their guests to wear socks if they printed their own invitations and didn't use ours, which stated our policies on them? Or are these guests going to gawk and moan at our service fee at the end of the party? All of these unknowns really irked my team and turned what ended up becoming eventually one of their favorite parts of the job, hosting parties, into something out of a nightmare. And maybe that's an exaggeration, but trust me when I say that sending an expanded contract, a really detailed contract, and requiring it to be signed in advance, not the day of, and also sending an itemized receipt the day or two before the party, these things can really help take so much stress off both our team, which allows them to have the energy and positive attitude they need to deliver the best possible guest experience, but it also relieves the stress and worry from the party host, the parent, who just wants to spend the day celebrating with their child and family and making memories and not having to stress about the details or rework their entire plan because they missed some fine print detail on our website that wasn't explicitly sent to them or put in front of them. So, I recommend taking all of the guesswork out of your process and ensure that number one, 
you have a contract. Number two, you're utilizing your contract to its full potential. And number three, and this is the key here, you're actually enforcing the contract every single time. Because if somebody's a guest at a party and then hosts their own party, they're going to expect some consistency, right? So if you didn't enforce some things or you let them bend the rules or you let them have food in the play area or you let them change the structure a little bit, they're going to expect that same treatment. And that's going to really all contribute to your reputation, both with your customers and people who have never stepped foot in your facility, who are just reading your reviews and information about you online. So again, to protect yourself, your team, your space, and your other clients, this is essential. Because if someone really gives your team a hard time, you better believe that that frustration will pour over into the next party of the day or the next party that they host or the next time they take a phone call. Or if a party damaged something or bickered over the bill, your hosts may be stuck doing that and dealing with that and They may not be able to complete their cleaning task list or their setup procedures for the next party. And again, this kind of thing just snowballs and snowballs until it's totally out of control and you have no idea where to start. So this is such a crucial component of any indoor playground business, especially if you're delivering premium parties and expecting to charge premium prices. Whether it's an issue over payment, liability, or damage to property, Most of these problems could have been avoided completely with a clearly written contract that is, again, required to be signed and agreed to at the time of booking, so well in advance. As an indoor playground owner, it is essential to establish these boundaries with your party clients. And I put in a couple of these like cliche sayings here in this episode, so please forgive me. It's a Monday. I'm doing my best. I'm sure you're doing your best as well. But Have you ever heard the phrase, you know, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile? Well, in my experience, this is never more true than when we're talking about party clients. So if they email you and say, hey, can I have a discount on this thing? Or, hey, if I bring my own plates, can I get, you know, a $10 discount? Or, hey, can we move this timeline by 15 minutes here? If you start bending and giving into these, you know, seemingly innocent demands, I promise you it's going to snowball and they're going to keep taking and taking and taking until your party structure and their package is completely unrecognizable. And that is not going to set your party up for success. And it's not going to set your team up for success. It's only going to set them up for frustration. And again, nobody wants to walk into their work environment and have no idea what to expect. I mean, Yeah, sure, sometimes that can be a little exciting, but when they have to deal with it and when they have to pick up the pieces and when they have to explain why, you know, why our policies are the way they are and why we do things the way we do them, it can make for a really stressful environment, which is the last thing we want, especially in a time in our world where it is so difficult to get and retain the best possible employees on our teams, right? We really want to focus on employee retention, and this all goes into that. We can't just think about our clients and our customers and bending over backwards for them. We have to keep that same energy for our team, or we're never going to have that sustainable business. So here are some compelling reasons why you should have a contract, along with some tips for each. And again, this all goes back to delivering an excellent client experience, and we're going to talk about it in just a minute. 
If you want my full expanded party contract, and yes, I have one for both parties hosted at an in-person venue and one for mobile parties and soft play rentals, this is something that I'm always sure to provide to my Play Cafe Academy and Playmaker Society members for them to tweak and adapt into their own business because it is so important. Because I've already spent over $800, I think it was actually closer to $1,000, on having a lawyer write this expanded contract and ensure that it's complete and accurate and most importantly, enforceable. Plus, my entire reasoning for creating my Play Cafe Academy and Playmaker Society programs is to prevent any current or future owner from having to go through the same struggles and lessons that I had to go through at the beginning, like allowing my team to face burnout due to lack of clarity in our contract and party structure. Now, I may not be able to protect you from every issue or bump in the road, but this one, this one, I have your back on 100% because I've hosted thousands of parties, so please learn from my mistakes. So if you're not yet a member, the link is in the show notes. This one document, again, costs me more to produce than the entire cost you'll pay for the course. And it's just one of dozens and dozens of professionally created documents and templates that you'll get access to as a member. All right, let's dive into some reasons why you need a contract or maybe an expanded version of your current contract and some tips around each point. Again, all from experience and not just my experience, but the 300 owners in Playmaker Society as well. Number one, clarity and understanding. And this is what I went through at the top of this episode, but a contract helps in establishing clear terms and conditions. It can include details about the event, including when they can purchase add-ons and what that deadline is. You can include information about the number of attendees and what they might have to do or what they can expect. For example, if they have to wear socks, including, you know, Grandpa Joe, who's 70, does he need to wear socks? Again, putting this information in your contract can help them prepare for these situations in advance as well, or ask for shoe covers or something like that. If for whatever reason, Grandpa Joe isn't able to remove his shoes. You can also talk about party duration and party structure, services provided, and payment details. This ensures that both parties understand the scope of the agreement, again, reducing chances of misunderstandings, conflicts, and surprises down the road. I also always include our basic venue and play area rules because, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard this, but sometimes, especially if you do private space rentals, so the party kind of takes over your entire facility. So many people kind of use that as the green light to do whatever they want. You know, sometimes they'll say, well, you know, I'm paying to rent this space. It's mine to do whatever I see fit. Or, you know, I should be able to do whatever I want during the time I rent it. So I recommend being extremely clear up front that, hey, yes, we are allowing you to take over our entire facility with your party. However, all of our normal rules still apply. So if you don't allow food in the play area, or if you require socks, or if you have an age limit for some of your play equipment, be extremely clear, not just about what policies you're still going to be enforcing, but you can also take this chance to lead from a place of compassion and education and help them understand why. So for example, if you're still going to require socks in the play area, 
You can link to maybe a blog that you did and say, hey, this is why we are a socks only facility. You know, over 80% of the people that we cater to are crawlers and we don't want them picking up, you know, yucky salt and dirt and yucky stuff on the ground and putting it in their mouth. That does not, that's not consistent with the cleanliness that we know our customers expect from our facility. So again, take this time and make sure that you're leading from this place of education. So if there's a policy that you get a lot of complaints about, link to additional information. So if they want to learn more, maybe they don't have to pick up the call and complain and ask, hey, why do you close the play area 20 minutes before the party's over? That's not what I want. You can instead just link to some more information in your party contract. Us closing the play area 20 to 30 minutes before a party was over was something that people complained about all the time. But 99 out of 100 times, when I actually explained to them why we do this, they kind of said, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. Like, thank you so much for explaining that to me. But again, this is done most effectively well before the party is actually taking place. If you have to stand there and explain to someone why kids can't go back in the play area while these kids are crying and banging on the door and all their guests are staring at them, that's going to be a much more emotionally charged situation. And that is not when you want this issue or this problem to arise. You want to deal with it well in advance when emotions are low. And just in case you are wondering how I explain this, because again, this was something that people asked about the most. They always wanted to change our party structure around. Again, I would say, listen, we've hosted hundreds of parties at our facility. And one of the most difficult times of the party is when it's time to leave. So instead of letting kids back in the play area and forcing their parents to have to kind of, you know, drag them out and say, oh, it's time to go, party's over, and, you know, making a mess and leaving an extra fee for the party host to pay because we did charge if people were in our space you know, 10 or so minutes after their party time was over, we explained, you know, that's really difficult. And we don't want your guests to have to deal with that. We don't want them to have to drag their kids out of the play area. So what we do instead is we make it exciting. We bring them out of that play area 20 minutes before the actual party slot is over. And we give them a treat, right? We give them cake or cupcakes or whatever dessert is planned for that party. So that makes them excited to leave the play area. And then When it's time to leave, we give them a goodie bag or a party favor. So again, we're delivering that positive experience, not just for the parents who now don't have to drag their kids out of the play area in order to leave on time and have all of that pressure. Now we're giving them all the time they need to, again, easily get their kids out of the play area by offering a treat and then easily get them to the car with a favor or a goodie bag. And also closing the play area early allowed people to go to the bathroom and put shoes on and do all of those tasks that can often run way over the party slot. And again, leave the party host with a fee that they do not want to pay. So once I took the time to really explain why we closed the play area, they thought, oh, you know, that makes perfect sense. I didn't realize that it was actually coming from a place of customer service. They kind of, you know, sometimes would look at it as us being greedy because They would see us cleaning the play area and getting a head start on getting ready for the next party. And sure, while that was absolutely part of it, again, I always brought it back to the fact that we knew best, we were the party experts, and we knew that their guests would have the absolute best time if we went ahead and did our parties as we had planned it. It was really for their benefit. So again, this is much easier to explain, and this is a much easier conversation to have weeks in advance. 
not the day of, not during the party. And there are so many issues like this. Like, for example, if you don't allow outside food and all of a sudden, you know, Grandma Jane shows up with her homemade casserole that she spent hours on, like so many of these issues are so key to address beforehand when you're not standing there, you know, looking Grandma Jane in the face. And it's also a lot easier for a manager or for you to handle these issues, not, you know, part-time high school employees who maybe aren't as experienced in dealing with customer conflict or things like that, or who aren't as bought into your business, right? These are part-time employees who maybe work, you know, four to eight hours a week. They might not get paid enough to deal with, you know, Grandma Jane yelling in their face about, how much time she spent on this homemade casserole. You don't want your part-time employees to have to deal with this over and over again. Of course, we can't predict every problem that's going to happen, but if this is something that's constant, they are absolutely going to quit and you can lose on lose out on some really quality, talented employees by, again, not addressing these issues either yourself or allowing your manager to address these issues beforehand by engaging in some really in-depth client communication, both with your contract and also answering any email questions or social media questions or calls prior to the party. And again, preventing so many of these issues before they ever walk through the door. All right, number two reason you should have a contract or maybe expand on your current contract is ensuring payment. So of course, a contract can clearly define the payment terms, including the total amount, due dates, any mandatory fees, and any penalties for late payment. And be sure to be specific about what types of payment you accept. So for example, we did allow people to write checks for a party deposit. However, we never allowed people to write checks for a party balance because we often don't find out for like a week or two weeks if the check actually bounced. And people were really starting to take advantage of this. Of course, it was only a couple times, but that was thousands of dollars that we ended up having to chase down and some we lost out on entirely. So we did allow them to write a check for a deposit, which again, we were clear about because we didn't secure that spot and we didn't confirm the booking until the check cleared. But we don't have that same luxury of doing that if they're paying on the day of the party or after the party's over with a check. So again, if you have any policies like this, make sure you tell them in advance because again, you might get that deer in headlights look like, oh, I only brought a check or I only brought a Discover card. So if you don't accept those forms of payment, make sure you outline it in advance and make sure they have to agree to it to prevent anything like this. It helps secure your business financially and again, reduces the risk of clients backing out without paying. And contracts can also be absolutely crucial if somebody ends up disputing a charge. And we had a couple people dispute party charges. Either they you know, completely claimed that it never happened, they never had the party, somebody stole their credit card, or they just said, you know what? I'm not happy with my service. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. You know, Whatever the case may be, we have had people dispute parties. And anyone that's been in this business long enough has probably dealt with this as well. So if you have a contract that they signed in advance and you have their signature on it, 99 out of 100 times, this will help you win the dispute and recover any funds that the bank had originally returned to the customer. Because unfortunately, banks and credit card custom or companies, excuse me, are very customer friendly. They're not very small business friendly. So they're automatically going to side with the customer. And then you as a business owner have the burden of proof. You have to prove, hey, 
this party happened. This customer was actually there. We definitely delivered services as outlined because here, look, this is the contract they signed and this is exactly how their party went. So again, this is something that can really help you prevent not just issues with your team and with with other customers, but also in recovering any disputed amounts from credit card companies or banks. All right, number three, establishing liability. So all indoor playgrounds, despite safety measures, still always carry a risk of injuries. A contract can include your waiver or clause limiting your liability for certain accidents or injuries that may occur during the party or setup process. It can also state that all guests, adults and children alike, will be required to sign your normal waiver upon entry because Believe it or not, people used to fight with us all the time about this. They'd say, you know, why does Grandpa Joe need to sign the waiver? He's 70. He's not going to be on the play equipment. Meanwhile, you know, 10 minutes later, Grandpa Joe is ducking, you know, in all of our playhouses and boom, all of a sudden he doesn't duck low enough and he hits his head and falls over and has a head injury. And, you know, I'm saying this because this is something that actually happened in our facility more than once. It seemed like it was actually always the adults that were getting injured and slamming their fingers and again, bumping their head or slipping and falling. It was never the kids. It was always the adults. So making sure to put any waiver requirements or if they need to wear socks or anything like that is absolutely crucial as it shields your team from issues and complaints. Yes, but it also shields your business from potential lawsuits and any issues that may arise. And I've talked on this podcast before about if these waivers are actually enforceable in court. And a lot of times they actually aren't. However, these waivers can absolutely act as a deterrent. If people think they sign their liability away, they're not going to try to sue you. They're not going to contact yours or their insurance company. They're going to assume, oh, I jammed my finger. Whoops, you know, clumsy me. Or, oh, I bumped my head. You know, I'm going to go get it checked out, but I'm not going to bother, you know, holding the the business liable on this because I signed a waiver. So again, this is something that is so important in preventing any of these issues and saving you a lot of headaches down the road. And no pun intended by the headaches there. That was something that I just randomly threw in, didn't have anything to do with the head injuries. That was totally just, you know, something that fell out of my mouth. (laughs) Anyways, speaking of number four, damage control. Parties can sometimes get out of hand or Hosts can overstep your boundaries, which often leads to damage of property. A contract can absolutely include a clause that holds the client fiscally responsible for any damages incurred during the event. So the tape on the wall, or you know, if they moved a chair and it knocked something over, or if they broke something in the play area because somebody that was too old was playing, or you know, maybe Grandpa Joe put a hole in the wall with his head. This will give you some peace of mind, knowing that you are financially covered if such an unfortunate event occurs. And you can also put something in there that, hey, you're going to hold a card on file if anything like this happens. You can put the actual fee amount. You can put all the details that you want there. But again, having somebody need to read this and sign it ahead of time can allow your team to point to it and say, hey, you know, I know that you don't think that this paint job, you know, or whatever, this tape, this paint that you took off the wall with your tape Probably you don't think it's going to be $250 to fix, but you signed this contract agreeing not to put tape on the walls and you did it behind our backs while we weren't looking. And this is what you're now responsible for. So again, if you have to go to small claims court or if they complain or if they post on social media, 
This gives you a really easy out to say, hey, I know it sucks, but you agreed to this. And we were extremely upfront about this. Now, I'd like to say that this rarely happens, but unfortunately, and especially if you are pretty lax on your rules and don't enforce them very often, it will happen more often than you think. And it will cause issues for your next party or for your team. So a lot of times people will say, well, you know, if someone complains or if someone's really difficult, it's just so much easier to just say, okay, and just get them out of the facility. You know, even if it costs you a couple hundred dollars or whatever the case may be, or maybe a lost tip. But again, this is going to spill over for the next party. So if they damaged something or broke a toy, or if they rubbed the paint off the wall or something like that, this is going to upset your next clients who maybe are the best customers in the world who are planning on having more than one party and tipping a lot. You do not want to affect those customers or your team that works so hard to deliver an excellent experience. So this is where it all comes into play. All right. Number five, cancellation and rescheduling parties. And this came up so much during COVID, but it's still coming up now because of weather or because of illness or whatever the case may be. But cancellation and rescheduling can be such a major headache for us indoor playground owners. So a well-drafted contract, again, by a lawyer, can effectively stipulate the terms for cancellations or rescheduling, including any penalties or fees that may apply or if they lose your deposit or something like that. And this provides both you and your clients with a clear understanding of what's expected should a change of plans occur. And it's not just the guests. It can also protect you if you need to cancel or reschedule, which is honestly much more detrimental to your business, in my opinion, than having a guest want to reschedule. There could be a huge snow or ice storm or a tornado warning or a water main break or your roof could cave in or something like that. There are so many things that are completely out of your control and that are completely unpredictable that could be lurking right around the corner. You just never know. So have something your host signed at the time of booking, not at the time of the party, because then this entire contracting clause becomes useless that says what the procedure is should some unexpected or unforeseen event or weather event or something like that happen. All right, number six, and this is the last one, conflict resolution. So in the case of an issue or a dispute, and not just a dispute with a bank or a credit card company, I'm talking about like a dispute with the party host, the parent that's hosting the party, a contract serves as a legal document that can be referred to by both parties. It can also dictate the methods for conflict resolution, such as arbitration or mediation, something that comes before small claims court, ensuring a fair resolution process. This can save time and potential legal costs associated with court cases. And this may seem a little excessive, but a lot of us are hosting parties that are two, three, sometimes four or more thousand dollars per event. We design indoor playground websites now, and there are so many venues that are doing these private parties that are several thousand dollars. And that's a lot on the line for both parties. And again, I hate using the term parties in a legal sense in the same you know breath as I'm talking about birthday parties. I don't mean to be confusing. So let me just rephrase that. That's a lot on the line for both individuals, both the business and the host. And it can cause emotions to run very high in the event of an issue. Having these clauses in your contract can help in the worst case scenario. 
but it can also act as a deterrent and prevent your clients from ever getting to this point. So for example, if they feel unsatisfied, but feel like you upheld your duties per your contract, they may just chalk it up to a loss or a misunderstanding on their part. So not to fault you for it, to fault themselves for not reading clearly ahead of time. And they can decide not to move forward legally or post on social media because they're going to come out, you know, the loser in the end. And this may seem super morbid and like a bummer, and it's not meant to scare you. Again, like one out of every 100 parties that we did had any big issues. But for those that did have issues, that one out of every 100, they still haunt my dreams years later. And they cause so many issues. And again, internal issues within our team. And those spilled over into the other areas of our business, such as our team's happiness level, my space and my assets and my other clients. Again, I've repeated this again and again, but it's because I really want you to walk away from this knowing exactly why an extremely detailed contract is so important. It is not just in the worst case scenario. It's something that can prevent the worst case scenario from ever happening. The one bad apple ruins the bunch saying that, you know, I promised I was going to be a little bit cliche here in this episode. And this one is a little bit dramatic, but unfortunately, a few bad apples or a few nightmare parties really can just burn out your passion and burn out your team members and make you or them want to throw in the towel. And that's not what we pictured when we decided to open our facilities, right? We wanted to see smiling faces every single time we came in the door, and we wanted to make a positive impact in our communities. So to recap, establishing a party contract with party clients or wherever in your business that might need a contract, whether it's a membership agreement or something similar, it not only protects your business, but also creates a professional environment that fosters trust and respect between you and your clients. While drafting this detailed kind of contract may seem tedious and time-consuming and over-the-top, trust me, the benefits far outweigh the initial effort and cost. So your play of the day is to review your contract and make sure it's specific enough. Make sure it outlines all of your policies and procedures and anything that causes consistent issues. And ask your team, say, hey, is there anything that is maybe confusing in the client onboarding process or in the process leading up to the party contract? Is there you know, some point of confusion? Maybe it's the party structure or the timeline that people constantly ask about. Ask your team, hey, is there anything that comes up and use that and add it into your contract? All right, have a great day, Playmakers. I will see you right back here on Wednesday.